Amen. Father God, we just, Lord, dedicate this time to you and say we are here, we are listening. We've got ears to hear what you're saying to us and we know that we are going to leave a changed people, Lord, because of your word and because of your presence. And everybody says, Amen. You know, when fear strikes, when anxiety strikes, I don't know whether there's anybody else in this room other than me that understands what that feeling feels like. Um, Fear and anxiety are a sin. But I want to say something to you as much as yes they are, because it's about not having faith in God, so is being careless with your mouth, so is lust, so is gossip, so is lying, so is crude talk, so is not loving your neighbor, so is having lack of faith, so is cursing with your mouth. And the reason why I say this is because if you are somebody who has suffered or suffers with fear and anxiety, and you have had that said to you about it being a sin, and you have felt condemned, I want you to be free today in Jesus' name, because we are all a work in progress. And I think there is nothing wrong when, and not everybody does this, some people will come and say it to you in love, so please, I'm not saying it's wrong if it's ever said, but sometimes things will be told to you when you are struggling with something in a moment by somebody in quite a pious way, when actually their lives aren't perfect either. So I want to say today that if you are suffering with fear and anxiety, there is hope and there is an answer. And I don't speak as a person who doesn't understand what this feels like. But I also want to say that when you're somebody who struggles in that way, you can sometimes see that God could never use you. Because you're not able to even get out of the house at times. Or why would God use you? Because if you suffer from fear and you suffer from anxiety, then you're suffering from a lack of faith. But I want to tell you today that fear can only hold you back if you allow it to be the master of your life. And I speak from a place where I understand what it feels like. And I speak from a place of knowing what God can do when you allow him to be the master of your life and your circumstances. You know, God used people and uses people who he knows will suffer with fear and anxiety. Mary, the birth mother of Jesus, like she had quite a crucial role in the whole salvation plan because she was going to birth the Messiah. She was going to birth the Savior of the world. She was going to birth the very person that Barry has got up here and spoke about today, the power that is in the name of Jesus. But when Gabriel the angel appeared to her, he says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid was the next thing that was said to her. So the angels appeared, told her she's this favored woman, that God is with her, but she is disturbed. She is confused. And so the angel of the Lord who is giving the message from God says, don't be afraid. God chose to use this woman who was going to be confused and disturbed and have to be told not to be afraid to carry Salvation's plan 
to raise salvation's plan. Joseph, who was the earthly father of Jesus, he was the guardian of Jesus, crucial in his upbringing. It says, as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Taking Mary as his wife at that time was troubling to him. He knew what that would, what that would mean, so he was working out how he could nicely and kindly and with dignity hoof her out the way because he's like this is going to be terrible if I am marrying a woman who's gone and slept with somebody else there was a fear within him of what was he going to do what was the future going to look like so the Lord knew that Joseph needed to be needed to be told don't be afraid don't be afraid it's okay, and I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to guide my son. I'm going to use you to raise my son. Joshua, he was the leader to the promised land. Amen. He was taking the, the Israelites to the promised land. But in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, I'm not going to read it all because of time, but he is told on numerous, numerous times, be strong. And then he says, be strong and courageous. And then he ends it, God ends it with, be very strong and be very courageous. Joseph was, gonna, was the one that came after Moses. And he was leading the Israelites to the promised land. But yet God knew Joshua was going to need to be told, do not fear. Joshua was going to need to be told because in himself, in his self, there was going to be a fear that would rise up when he saw his enemies. There was a fear that was going to rise up when he saw circumstances. But God said, that's okay. Joseph is still, sorry, Joshua is still the person that is going to lead the Israelites to the promised land. But I'm just going to let him know, don't fear. Don't fear what's going to come around you. God didn't say, oh, I can't use Joshua I can't use Joshua because there's a chance Joshua's going to fear. I can't use Joshua. He's not holy enough. I can't use Joshua. He's not godly enough. He may get anxiety. No, he said, but I am going to make sure Joshua knows I am with you. I am with you. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you. There is a plan for your life. There is a call for your life. And the only thing that is stopping you from moving into that is when we allow fear to be the master of our lives. You know, I know it's been said and, and it's true, but I think sometimes for me, I could not fall on deaf ears, but you can go, oh, yeah, okay, that's nice. Do not fear is in the Bible 365 times. Which basically is saying you can walk through your entire year, year after year after year after year until you enter into heaven and see him face to face by not fearing. So if it's mentioned like that for our entirety of our time on this earth, I was like, well, where did it begin? Where was the first, don't be afraid? Where was the first, do not fear? In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, this is the first time the phrase, do not be afraid, appeared in the Bible. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham, later to become Abraham, in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward 
will be great. At the outset, there was a promise and an assurance that he would be our protector and that he would be our provider. So we don't need need to fear about protection because the Lord is with us. We don't need to fear about provision because the Lord is with us. And that was right at the outset. You know, Abraham was known for his faith. He was a man of great faith, Abraham. But yet, right at the beginning, God had to say to him, don't be afraid. He had to give him an assurance and a promise of, I'm going to be with you. Your reward is going to be great. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. And you, as much as Joshua, as much as Joseph, as much as Mary, as much as Abraham, you are worthy to be used by God. You are worthy to be used by God. What is it? What are those things that God has placed within your heart? What are those passions that God's placed within you? What is it, if I was to say to you today, what is it that makes you come alive? What's your answer? What is it that God's placed in your heart? It might not be worship leading. It might not be running the kids' ministry. It might not be preaching. This isn't all the ministries that God has got. What's God placed in you? Are you like I once was that felt that I would never be able to public speak? Are you like I once was who wouldn't feel comfortable and still don't at times speaking to people? Are you like I once was that your husband or your mom or your dad goes to work and he would take the children in the car and he'd, as he left, the curtains would be open, everything would be okay. And the minute he drove off the drive, I would close the curtains and I'd hide away for the day. Are you like I was? Because I want to tell you, God met me where I was, and he set me free. And he set me free. Fear could only stop me when I allowed it to be my master. I have struggled. I have hid away. I've had feelings of panic. I understand what panic attacks feel like. I understand feelings of drowning under pressures. I understand it. But I made a choice at a time when I was quite low. And I was like, I've got to take action. I've got to take action. I'm going to listen to these feelings. I'm going to assess where I'm at. And I've got to take action. And I chose that my action would be to draw close to God. Because he is the only one that had the answer for where I was. And you know something? Barry didn't even know the full extent of what it was because Barry didn't see me when he went to work. My mum didn't understand the full extent. Nobody understood the full extent of what it was like. But my confidence began to come and it began to come because I chose to stay close to God. And I chose in that moment when it would hit me to steady myself and to envelope or envelop the fi- envelope, Barry's telling me that's right. To f- the, the feelings that I had that were so real to me. I'm not here to tell you today they're not real. I'm not here to tell you they're not happening to you. They're so real. But I begin to, began to envelop them in the truth of God. I began to envelop him in the truth that you're never going to leave me. Uh, that you'll always be my provider, that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, that your banner over me is love. I began to envelop that into the truth of God. Uh, Cards on the table.
This is real to me today. Because I don't know why. I so desperately didn't want to share this bit, but I knew God told me to. I'm so close to God and I know God so much and so well because I chose to. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of finance. I'm not afraid. I don't have fear. But for some reason, at the moment, I am struggling with anxiety. Barry will wake in the night and I'll be sat on the side of the bed because I'll have woken up with anxiety or with terror and I don't know why. But what I do know is because of what I've learned over the years of who God is, is that in those moments, like coming to church this morning, I tell myself who God is. I tell myself I'm not alone. I tell myself that in Psalm 91, it says, don't be afraid of the terrors of the night. And I'll sit on the side of my bed and I remember that in the word of God, it says to me that he will give his children peace and he will let them sleep. So I will sit on the side of my bed at night at the moment when I wake up sometimes five times a night and I wake up with a start and I don't know why I feel anxious and I don't know why those feelings are there. And I sit on the edge of the bed and I just begin to remind myself of the goodness of God. And then you know what? I will not walk away from my bed because I will not give in to it. What I will say is no. My God gives me sleep. My God gives me sleep. My God gives me peace. And one thing I know is that this feeling I have got is not given by my heavenly father. And so I'll not accept it. And it sounds like I'm making it easy, but I promise you there is a battle. There is a battle and there is a battle on for your life and there is a battle on for my life. And even though I saw myself progress so massively over the years with fear and anxiety, the reality is you've got an enemy and I've got an enemy and he wants to pull me back and he wants to take my freedom and he wants to take my faith and he wants to do all those things. So at the moment, if you are feeling like I am, I'm here to tell you you're in a battle and it's because the enemy sees the potential in you. Is it the enemy sees the call of God on your life and he's the thief of peace. God is the giver of peace and he is the thief of peace. It's a battle at the moment and you may feel the same and you may feel completely alone, but I am here to tell you, you're not alone. You're not alone. And so I've got a five point plan of how we deal with it when fear and anxiety strikes. No one goes to battle without a plan, guys. The British army don't go to battle without a plan. When you think about just the Queen's funeral, like the the terror threats and everything that there were, the the plan that was in place to execute that to make sure it was done well and safely and securely. But when fear strikes 
and anxiety strikes and you feel completely alone, sometimes you can get lost in your thoughts. But through what I've learned that God has shown me and God has taught me, I want to share that with you today because I don't want the enemy having any more ground in your life like he tried to have in mine all those years ago. No one goes into a battle without a plan and there is a spiritual battle for your freedom and for your life. Because if he takes away your freedom and you remain reclusive and you retreat, which is something that I could very easily do at times, then what he's got, he's got you isolated. And then you're not going to talk to anyone. And then you're not going to tell anyone because you feel condemned because you feel fear and a Christian shouldn't ever be frightened. And you feel condemned because Christians should never suffer from anxiety. And so you just get more and more and more and more alone. Romans 8, 12 to 17. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. If you live by the dictates of fear, and if you live by the dictates of anxiety, you will die. You will die inside. You will die. And that is a, the sinful nature, is the fear and the anxiety. Why? Because it's not God-given. God doesn't give that to us. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you are led by the Spirit of God, you are a child of God. I am a child of God. His seal is on my life. I belong to him and the enemy hates it. He absolutely hates that you're a child of God. He hates that you belong to God. And so there is a battle. There is a battle. There is a spiritual battle going on. We are heirs of the Father. You know, you can't rely on humans to win this battle. I can talk to Barry and in the night, if he wakes, when I'm sat on the edge of the bed, he'll put his hand on me and he'll pray for me. But there is a battle. I know i got to face this battle. I have got to bring the enemy down in my life. I've got to, do, I've got to fight this battle. John 14 says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this is Jesus speaking, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. The other last week... Um, like, this is full cards on the table, full exposure. We went to see the cinema, we were with Charlotte, we seen something like Super Pets. It wasn't frightening, all right? It was not frightening. And I'm sat there, and I feel this anxiety coming on, and I'm like, I need to get out. And there's Charlotte there, she's enjoying Super Pets. There's Barry there, I think he's enjoying Super Pets, dipping into Charlotte's pick and mix. And, and I'm like, I gotta get out. I gotta get out of here. And you know, in that moment, I had to focus on who God was. I'm like, I'm not running. I am not running. For years, I lost ground because of anxiety. I'm not running. I am not running. Enemy, you are not taking me out of this time with my daughter and my husband. I'm not running. I'm not running. And everybody else is enjoying super pets. But I am in this moment where I'm fighting the enemy off my life. I'm fighting the enemy because he, think he wants your future. And if he can take your present, he'll take your future. Right. 
So here's what I do. First of all, give thanks. If I give thanks to God in that moment, it steadies my mind. And it reinstates a bond between me and him. I didn't even know this, but apparently scientists over in America did this study. And if you give thanks to somebody, there is an automatic bond that happens between you both. And that person is automatically drawn close to you. I didn't know. That's not, that's not why I give thanks to God. But when I give thanks to God, when I'm in that moment, and now you see, because I have these actions in place, which I believe God has given me the tools. You know, God gives you tools to know how to fight in battle. And he's given me these tools. And so whether it be in the cinema or it be on my bed at night, I'll thank him. Let's just say to him, God, thank you for all you've done. Find something. Find something to thank him for. I thank him for my job. I thank him sometimes. I look at, I thank him for Barry, or I thank him for Charlotte, or I name my other kids, and I thank him. Thank him that we have food on the table, whatever it is. Be thankful. And you kind of think, that can't be an answer to fear and anxiety. I tell you it is. <laughs> be thankful because it steadies your mind. It steadies your mind on who God is and the goodness of God. Can I encourage you to take out your phones if you need to write these down, write them down. Oh, I'll tell you, this is, a, this is a battle plan that God gave me. And I don't believe he gave it, but he didn't because he told me I had to share it this morning. And I'm coming to church this morning and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to get up there and cry. Because if I tell, I tell everybody what I'm going through at the moment, but we're a family, aren't we? Number two, remember. Number one, give thanks. Number two, remember. Remember what the Lord has already done for you. This is different to giving thanks. This is actually what you're doing is you are bringing your mind in line with the, the, the magnitude of who God is. And that he's been faithful to you. Remember what he's already done. It magnifies God in your life. And when you magnify God, you remember he's bigger than this. He's bigger than this. And you remember, he's never left me alone previously. He's not leaving me alone now while I'm sat all on my own feeling like this. And nobody else knows that I'm feeling and nobody else knows that I feel like I'm suffocating. Because when you suddenly go, God, I remember when you did that for me, what happens is it opens up to the greatness of God. Remember what the Lord has already done. Number three, assess. What is it that's causing you fear? Because here's the thing, sometimes we have fear and sometimes we have anxiety because there is a response that's, that is required from us for something. Same with stress. Sometimes it's there because actually there is something we need to address and there is something we need to face. So sometimes I have in the past struggled with fear and anxiety regarding finance. And it was that I was burying my head about something and it needed an action. It needed me to do something. So as well, so give thanks, remember all the Lord has done and then assess where you're at. But as 
Jesus spoke about the advocate, the Holy Spirit coming. Invite the Holy Spirit into that time. It's not, I'm not meaning sitting there going, oh my gosh, I wonder what it is. No, say, Lord, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Is there an action I need to take? And actually, I'm creating this fear within me because I'm shoving my head in the sand because I don't want to address this. I don't want to have that conversation, but yet the conversation needs to be had. So take that time to assess and ask God to show you what it is. Number four, be present. Don't look too far down the line. When fear grips, when you feel anxious, your head is everywhere. And what happens is, if you're like me, I look 10 years down the line or 10 weeks down the line, and actually God's given me grace for the next step. Because when I start to think too far in advance, what I'm doing, I'm thinking with my own thoughts and I'm navigating it with my own emotions and God hasn't taken me there yet. He's not taken me there yet. So when my mind is racing and I'm feeling anxious, I have to be present in the moment because God has given me the grace for the next step. And so I will say, God, show me the next step that you've given me grace for what's the next step that I need to take if you've assessed the situation and you know there's something that needs to happen I don't think of it in its entirety just say to God what's the next step and be present in the next step and then the last one is live prayerful I remember a couple of years ago, I talked about the chatter in our mind and how there's a constant dialogue going on and we often chatter with ourselves. I think the the way I've put this, to live prayerfully, it's having chatter with God as well. There are those times where we really, you know, pray and we set ourselves aside. But I live in a constant chatter with God. He's very good and he's very gracious because I promise you, Barry was telling me to pipe down. But I live in a constant chatter. So I chatter in the morning to God. I just, throughout my day, he's constantly there. Because if I only ever spoke to him when I took myself away and it was just me and him just in, in what people would say the prayer closet, you know, just me and him in that space, in that time, and I have those intimate times, if that's all I had, then throughout my day, throughout my life, you know, I wouldn't have that dialogue. So live prayerfully in constant chatter. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 8 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We don't even need to worry about God in our mind because if we put God at the center and if we speak to God and we chatter with God and we pray with God and we live prayerfully and we're thankful, he's going to guard our hearts and minds. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. 
Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So when you're in that moment and you know fear is striking and anxiety is striking, think on those things that are honorable. If you feel your thoughts going, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's okay, God does. How is this going to work out? It's okay, God knows. But you've got to fix your mind. You've got to fix your thoughts on the things that are honorable, that are the things that are good, the truth of his word, that you would hide those feelings within the truth of his word. I've got some scriptures for you to take home. And if you sometimes struggle here's some scriptures for you to read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 to 6 Psalm 27 verse 1 Romans chapter 8 verse 38 and 39 Psalm 34 sorry Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 and 6 Psalm 27 verse 1 Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, and Psalm 34, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. And if you want to know any of the ones I've read, I can give you them later. It's time to take ground back. It's time to say to the enemy, no, you are not having me any longer. You're not holding me any longer. Now, I'm already stood up. I'm stood up to say, this is something that the enemy keeps trying to use to rob me from things. But I will not back down like I've done in the past. I will fight. And if you feel like me and sometimes you have those struggles, I would say, I want to pray for us all. And if that's you, I believe there's something symbolic today if you would stand to your feet to say no enough is enough no fear and anxiety you're not taking me any longer you may strike from time to time but I know the truth and as people are beginning to stand up don't be afraid to stand up because you are saying no more no more no more there was such a a fight on for me not to be able to give this word today there was a fight on where I'm on the front row and I'm feeling I can't even speak because I felt so suffocated and I knew it was because the enemy did not want this subject coming out and so I was like well no way we are going to stand together as brothers and sisters in Christ and we are going to declare that the the years that the locusts have eaten from our life we are taking it back we are taking it back because it is ours to take we are children of the most high God we are heirs of the Father we are heirs of Father God it's ours to take back so I'm going to pray but where you are now you pray pray with authority speak to the enemy and say no I know I'm in a battle and you will not win because I am a child of God I am a child of the most high God and say God show me if there's any action I need to take but Holy Spirit I invite you in today and I receive of your peace Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that through your word, you have shown us that you choose imperfect people to work for you and to carry your message. And today we take heart. Today we don't just take heart. We are excited for our own lives, for our own future. 
And I speak freedom over these people's lives in the name of Jesus. And I speak to you, Satan. And I say, get your hands off them right now. They are children of God. They are children of God. And there is a freedom that is rightfully theirs because of Jesus. And in in Jesus' name, these people are free. In Jesus' name, fear and anxiety in this moment be gone. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that your life has been given back to you today from where the enemy has tried to rob it. Your life has been given back. Your life has been given back. And God wants to say to you today, use your life. Use your freedom that he has given you. And everybody said, Amen.